Welcome to Animator's Journey Podcast, where we discuss the ins and outs of being a 3D animator in hopes of helping you on your animator's journey. I'm your host, Lucas Ridley. Welcome to this episode where I'm going to discuss what software you need to learn if you want to become a professional 3D animator. Now, what makes me qualified to even discuss this stuff? I have been working for the last 11 years at some of the top studios, including Sony, Naughty Dog, Industrial Light and Magic, Frame Store, and others. So I've worked in games, film, commercials. I've ran the entire spectrum. And so I'm bringing that experience with what I've seen and the history that I see over the last 10 plus years of what has lasted and where this is going in the future. Now, the short answer to this is you need to learn Autodesk Maya. So you can turn off the podcast now if that's all you wanted to know. I'm going to jump in a bit deeper to explain why I think that and the experience I have to back that up. So 10 years ago, I learned Autodesk Maya when I was in school and I've used it at every single job I've had at over a dozen studios. And it's the same software I see at even places I've never worked. When you look at the job description of, an, of a 3D animator, they want you to have Autodesk Maya experience. Now, even if you're working in games, the same is true because the animation doesn't occur in the game engine. The animation occurs in Autodesk Maya or a similar package like Motion Builder, which is also an Autodesk product. And then that animation is brought into the game engine. Even at big companies like Walt Disney Animation, they use Maya. I've never worked at Walt Disney Animation. I've worked at a Disney company, Industrial Light and Magic, and they share tools across the studios because Walt Disney bought Industrial Light and Magic and they have these big meetings where they cross pollinate between studios what they're doing at each studios and the tools they have. And so they come together and, and compare and contrast and because Disney also uses Maya, they can share tools with places like Industrial Light and Magic. Now, the really powerful thing about Maya is the fact that each studio can kind of tailor make it for themselves because of the development pipeline and the API and stuff that's over my head. But people who know what they're doing technical wise, they can create tools and create a version of Maya internally in the studio so that it's bespoke to the project needs that they have. Even at studios who have a specific movie, they can tailor make the version of Maya for that movie so that the tools that they need and the, the shelves that they want all pop in for every person who's working on that same show. If they're using, you know, it's an underwater show and they need some underwater tool for something, then that version of Maya will have that tool in it where another movie may not have that tool. So it's incredibly versatile. And over the last decade or more, every major studio has been investing probably a an accumulation of millions and millions of dollars of development and creating tools just for the software. And that's why it's not going anywhere because some big studio is not going to just tank their entire investment in this pipeline just because something like Blender is free. It's not happening. It's not going to happen anytime soon. You know, there are places for that software I'll talk a little bit about here in a minute, but for 3D animation specifically, Maya is not going anywhere. And I really want to impress this on you because I've even had students come to me who had a master's in animation. They went to a university in the United States and they got a master's in animation and they cannot get a job. They went to, unfortunately, not a good program. And in that program, they even misdirected and miscommunicated what the students should be learning. They said that Maya was on its way out and they should learn 3ds Max. That is clearly incorrect. And what ended up happening was that 
person, that professor who was teaching, they knew 3ds Max, so they just made it sound like what they knew for their own job security to keep that teaching job. This is my assumption, of course. Is you know that can be the only reason why I would think that they would try to say that Maya isn't being used or isn't continuing to be used in the industry. Because if you actually work in the industry, unlike this teacher, uh, you would know for a fact, it's not debatable. You know, if you're on Reddit or you're on some site somewhere and someone's trying to argue for something else, some other software, that person either has no clue what they're talking about or they've never worked in the industry or they have some other bias that at play here because it's the people who are using Maya every day on teams of hundreds of, of animators. Like for example, in Sea Beast, a big Netflix movie that Sony Pictures Imageworks created, there was around 176 animators I counted in the credits. I've worked at Sony. I, I've worked when they have 400 animators on the floor and every single one of those animators use Maya. So you have hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people across the world, across all of these studios using Maya every single day, creating games, creating movies, TV shows that you watch, and they are too busy to get on Reddit and, and argue with anyone. And so the loudest voice is the ones that are, you know, people believe. And so that's why hopefully this episode of this podcast helps you realize that Maya is the way to go. Now, where does other softwares fit into this? You have Cinema 4D, you have 3ds Max, you have Blender, you have Houdini, and those have their own place, but traditionally for a 3D animator who's gonna sit down and they're gonna work on a commercial uh, for character animation, or a movie, TV show, or video game, they're gonna be using Maya. Now, if you're doing motion graphics, there's a great argument to be made for Cinema 4D. For a lot of the motion graphics animation studios, they focus on Cinema 4D. That's a great software package to do this kind of motion graphics work. And I would totally encourage you, if that's what you're interested in, making kind of abstract shapes move around and product renders and stuff like that, then Cinema 4D could be the way to go. 3ds Max is a good way to go if you're into modeling. I know a lot of modelers, especially in the games industry, who use 3ds Max and that's what they were brought up on. Motion Builder is a mocap or a motion capture specific program. And Autodesk is bringing that software inside of Maya and they have explicitly audibly said they are sunsetting, they are gonna be shutting down support for Motion Builder, and that's why they are bringing those tools into Maya. So Maya is accumulating the tools of other softwares that Autodesk owns. So that's another indication that Autodesk is investing in Maya, and for the long term, that's gonna be the place to go. Now, Blender is one of the bigger known softwares out there because A, it's free, and B, it's free <laughs> and it is really good. It's a good software if, you, if you're a hobbyist. If you have no interest in becoming a professional and working on big teams, on big budget movies and video games, then yeah, maybe go learn Blender. If you're making your own stuff and you're a team of one and you don't need to work with other people, Blender could be the way to go. The other asterisk here is if you're not an animator, maybe you're a modeler. Yeah, go use Blender. They have great tools for sculpting and other, you know, kind of procedural modeling techniques with their geometry nodes. All that stuff is super interesting and it has nothing to do with animation. So that's why I'm saying it's not used for 3D animation in a professional setting because you have to understand when you're working at a studio, animation specifically is a pipeline dependent part, meaning 
rigging and animation rigging if you're totally unaware rigging is where they make the skeleton they weight that skeleton to the geometry or the character the model of the character so they weight it meaning okay this vertex this piece of this geometry or this model is going to follow this bone by this percentage and it's going to follow this other bone by this percentage and so that's how you create a character you have to have a skeleton and then you you rig that skeleton because the animators are not animating the bones we're animating little controls uh, that are on the character themselves so that's what the animator uses to animate and that process is done by a separate department the rigging department so that rigging department hands it off to the animation department and then we pick that up and we animate it because those two are so interrelated they have to be using the same software the rigging department cannot be using blender and then hand off a rig to someone who's using maya it's not going to work they have to be using the same software and that's why the rigging and animation department are so dependent on each other and it just also increases the influence of whatever software of choice that those two departments are using has on the entire pipeline so that's why maya isn't going anywhere because that's what's been in use for the last decade or more and at least for the next decade or more that's where i see things going now the the other little asterisk to this is the real-time rendering engines like unreal engine they're trying their best to bring in animation specific tools and abilities so that you can animate directly into in the game engine they're bringing in a control rig so uh, you can animate in the engine it's still fairly clumsy as far as someone coming from a Maya background where all the tools and graph editor and ability to navigate and animate and use constraints and all these more technical things um, it's much easier to just do it in Maya and export it into Unreal Engine. But Unreal Engine is doing their best to bring those tools into their game engine so you can live and work all within their software. I think we're many, many years off from that ever being the case. And even then, it might only be specific to game companies. So if you want to be very versatile and have the most chances of jumping right into a job and using the software of choice, that choice is Autodesk Maya. So I have no skin in the game on this in regards to Autodesk doesn't employ me, Autodesk doesn't sponsor me, Autodesk doesn't give me any money. If there was some other choice out there that was the truth, I would be telling you that, but that is not the case. It's Autodesk Maya. I would be learning some other software right now. If some other software was how I got jobs, then I would have to learn that software. And someday that may be the case. But in the near future, you know, for the next decade or more, I really don't see that happening because for the past decade, that has also been the case. And millions and millions and millions of dollars of investment on the studio pipeline side they're not just going to scrap that, all right? And because they would have to start over with something like Blender. And if you look at Blender's history, you know, the, the loudest people are the ones who are kind of winning the war online in regards to like Blender is the best, whatever, you should learn Blender. So one argument for Blender may be if you're trying to work at a very small new animation studio, they might be using Blender because they haven't, they don't have the money or time to invest in a pipeline or software licenses for something like Maya. So maybe a tiny small company, maybe in another, you know, country like uh, you know, that's not the United States, Canada, United Kingdom, or something like that, you know, somewhere else who is on a tighter budget, maybe they're using Blender and you're trying to work there, so you want to learn Blender. That's totally reasonable. What you have to realize though with your investment and in time and in learning that software is 
those small studios are not very resilient. They're not gonna be around for a long time. And I know because I've worked at one of those and they were even using Maya. They won an Academy Award and they don't even exist anymore. One of the bigger talking points of people who are big proponents of Blender, especially in the last few years, is that, hey, look, there was an entire movie made in Blender. It's called Next Gen. You can find it on Netflix. And it was made by a animation studio called Tangent Animation. They don't exist anymore. That entire company dissolved. They used Blender, and that was a big talking point of Blender people, like look at the traje trajectory of people using Blender. We're now in big budget motion feature films that are showing up on Netflix and the studio closes and they're not using Blender anymore. Now, the fact that they were using Blender probably has nothing to do with the fact that they closed, but you know, when you look at established studios and where you want to invest your time and what software they use, if it was me, that's where I would invest my time because I want to have the most secure investment of my time in the software that's most used at the places that are going to be around the longest. And so that's what I'm hopefully have communicated here is that Autodesk Maya is where you want to be. Now, again, there's all these asterisks I've explained throughout, you know, if you're a hobbyist or you're interested in other things and the other, you know, softwares I've yet to mention are Houdini. That's for effects animation. That means smoke, fire, water, all that stuff. Sure. That's not what we do as 3D animators. That's a different department. That's the effects department, the effects animation department. So if you're looking at a job description, that could be even phonetically it's or, uh, you know, it's we're saying effects, but it's it's spelled FX animation, all right? So they say FX for short kind of, but it's effects animation. And so they typically use Houdini and that's the other major software at play here. Now, other little softwares pop up now and then like Cascader or, you know, Plask, I think, and Move. And there's these motion capture, uh, Ragdoll Dynamics. There's these other kind of ancillary programs that are you know, dynamics based and those, those come and go and, you know, pop in and out and, but they're not the workhorse. The workhorse is always has been for the last decade and probably will be for the next decade, Autodesk Maya. So hopefully this has been helpful for you to figure out where should you invest your time to learn. And if you're just software specific and you want to just learn the software, not necessarily a skill, I have the uh, best-selling course called Maya for Beginners, and you can find that on digitalcreatorschool.com. Now, that is a kind of inch deep, mile wide look at Maya. If you want to go a mile deep and an inch wide in just animation, that's why I made Animator's Journey. That is for people who are solely focused on becoming a 3D animator and they want a program where they learn whatever, just what they need to know to become a 3D animator. You don't need to learn every single aspect of Autodesk Maya to become an animator. You just need to know a couple of things so that you can get the animation done. Now, if you want to become a generalist, which is a harder kind of way to go because there's just not as many uh, roles in the industry for generalists because uh, I recommend you specializing in something. But if you just want to have kind of a cross-section view of the entire software, Maya for Beginners is the place to start. If you want to become a 3D animator, then I recommend Animator's Journey because that is super hyper-focused on career and only animation-specific knowledge that you need so that you're spending your time wisely on exactly what your goal is. If you enroll in either of those courses, you will actually get a student license of Maya, so you get it for free. If you want to buy a Maya license, then I recommend the Indie license. So it's around about $300 and that's for one year. So those are your two options. Maya for beginners, if you want to learn the software, and if you want to learn the software and 
how it's specific to animation and animation as a skill, then Animator's Journey is the way to go because software and a skill are not the same thing. That's one distinction I hope you take away from this episode is that you could learn Maya and that doesn't mean you're good at anything. That doesn't mean you're a good animator. That doesn't mean you're a good rigger. That means you know how to press a button. So the skill is a separate concept you need to focus on when you're learning a software so that you are a craftsperson in whatever discipline that you're focusing in on. If it's animation, animation can be learned stop motion style, drawing. You know, you can learn animation as a skill and it's apply, you can apply it to different disciplines of animation like 2D, stop motion, 3D. And so it's its own skill. You can learn it in the context of a software like Maya and use that tool at the same time that you're learning animation. So you can learn both of those things in tandem. And that's what I've done with Animator's Journey if you're interested in that. And you could also just kind of do it on your own. I, I mean, part of my frustration when I was trying to learn 3D was you know, 10, 12 years ago, it was very difficult to learn this stuff on your own and there wasn't many online resources. And so that's why I went back to a brick and mortar school because I could just not teach myself this stuff. My brain didn't work the way that I thought it did and I could not absorb this stuff. I taught myself Adobe After Effects. I taught myself Adobe Premiere, Adobe Photoshop. I could teach myself all that those things, but I could not teach myself 3D animation. And that's where I had to go back and actually get some help. So hopefully the two methods that I've described to you, my for Beginners or Animator's Journey, is gonna be a way to unlock and accelerate your journey as an animator. So thanks for listening to this episode. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you get notified of any new episodes. I'll see you next time.